time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Listeners, we've got a special guest coming on today talking about what's going on in the industry. One of the leaders in the industry, both the company as well as the individual. I'm talking about Austin Nemec. And Austin is Executive Vice President of Rocket Pro TPO. I'm sure you all know about him and about the company. And you're going to get a chance to meet a dynamic leader. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in the industry. So stay tuned, listen in, and learn. That's some great stuff. Austin, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. David, I am honored, my friend. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. You are a leader in the industry. I love your background. But for those that don't know you, give us a little bit of your journey to this point, how you got to where you're at at Rocket. Yeah. So I was born and raised here in the great state of Michigan. Went to college here, Hillsdale College, played football. Yeah. Um, yeah, graduated in 08, and it was a great year to get into the mortgage industry, 2008. So people thought oh, yeah? I was nuts. What are you doing? Why are you getting into the industry? Uh, it's, it's on fire. Uh, but I knew I wanted to stay in, in Michigan, and I, I wanted to work for a great company, and I wanted to get into sales where you know the more I put in, the more I got out of it. And so back then, Quicken Loans uh, is where I started. I started oh, you selling started loans. at Quicken, right, right from, your, yes. from the get-go, from the very beginning. What oh, a, yeah. A great company. What a great company. Talk about amazing success story. And it's uh, there's... Some great companies in Michigan, and certainly we are thrilled with what you guys have accomplished. And I'm really interested with your unique position in the marketplace to get your perspective on how the industry is going at large in, in, in a whole, and then really let's then channel it, focus it in more on the wholesale side. So broad perspective, and then go into the wholesale part of it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, um, I think of a couple things. I mean, everyone listening to this knows this has been, you know, one of the most aggressive shifts we've seen uh, in the industry and in the history of the industry. Um, I mean, just the speed, I think, of which the market has shifted. I was looking at some data from from the NBA they put out a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, you look in Q3 of 2020, which wasn't long ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, right. uh, it was an all-time record for net income per loan. I mean, across over 200 basis points in net income per loan and record volume at the same time. It was $1.5 trillion north of that just in Q3 of 2020. So you had... The, the net income per loan at all-time high on top of the record volume. And then two years later, I mean, Q3, you went from 200 basis points uh, in, in net income down to um, negative net income across the industry. I mean, you're losing money per loan. And the volume is been cut in more than half compared to that same quarter. So two years is a very, very, very quick period of time to see that aggressive of a shift. So I think what you're seeing, David, is, is because of that, you're seeing the industry barbell a bit. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I believe market share, when you look at where folks are headed, I think it's barbelling into two areas. One is lenders with very, very strong balance sheets and a very strong cash position like us, you know, some large retail lenders that can withstand this, you know, uh, yeah. rapid, yeah. rapid shift. So that's one area that, that, that everything's barbelling to. And the other is, is the brokers, um, which I love. It's our, our part of the business. Yeah. 
um, because brokers are nimble. They don't have the cost structure and they can lean on companies like us that have that strong balance sheet. And then the folks in the middle, the, you know, the mid-sized bankers that, you know, you have the overhead, you're building your own tech but you don't have the capital or the liquidity, um, those are, that's, that's where it's tough right now. You're seeing a lot of folks get out of that space and, and move to one right. side. Or the yeah. And, 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 and like the barbell said, you either going to be well-capitalized mortgage banker, continue to do well, or you're going to end up going back for a season until this thing corrects to go back to brokering loans. And we're seeing a fairly significant, at least I am, I'd like to get your perspective. Are you seeing this? I should ask it as a question. In my perspective as a consultant and in the industry, uh, we're seem to see a fair number of people that are mortgage bankers, IMBs, saying we can't compete at this. We need to roll back to just brokering loans. And they've let their entire mortgage banking employees, underwriters, and anyone affiliated with the banking part of it roll back and they've returned to being brokers for a season just to be able to live to play another day. Are you seeing yeah. much of that? Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely seeing that. We're, we're seeing, you know, uh, several hundred brokers, uh, companies, shops open up each quarter. Uh, and, and we love it. We're a big part of that business. And, um, yeah. And again, as, as there's strong competition in the broker yeah. community, with folks like us and others building the technology and building the infrastructure so that brokers can stay nimble and not have to, to invest there is uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. And going back to the cost structure. Yeah. We were at $200 net or 200 basis points, net, net, net profit. We're now negative for the second quarter in a row. That's never been in the history of our industry. We had two back-to-back -back quarters and I think we're going to have three back-to-back -back quarters, possibly four, hopefully not four. We got three back-to-back -back quarters and that's really going to the point of the importance of being with a really well-capitalized partner in this. So how the last few years got us to where we're at now? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, look, the last two years, three years were a fantasy land in our industry. I mean, just like we talked about, rates hit a historic low, there's equity in homes, people needed to save money. And so everybody was in the money to refinance. Um, and it was a hot purchase market at the same time. And so companies all across America, I don't know, I don't care who you were, you were scaling. I mean, you were hiring uh, teams, you were hiring process. You you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. So how did you avoid some of the problems? I want to get to that at some point in time. I want to bookmark that question. Yeah. But yeah. everyone was in the same, we're all fishing out of the same pond. It was all costing us the same amount of money again, goes to the capital, you know, capitalization benefit that Rocket has for certain. But then how do you come back to reducing costs? Or do you, are you just able to increase, continue the, the volume up and keep rolling to not get caught in the, the mess that so many are in? I mean, look, everyone's reducing costs right now. You're finding ways everywhere. You got to take a, a hard look at uh, your balance sheet and find ways to reduce costs, but that can't be the only way. You can't cut your way to profitability and you mm -hmm. can't cut your way to market share and cut your way to a great product and success. So while being responsible and finding ways to to, to uh, become more cost effective, you still got to innovate. Um, you still got to focus on driving top end revenue and trying new things, building new things. And that's what a lot of companies, they aren't focused on that right now. Right. And so the way you get through tough markets, and we've been through a lot of them, and we've been doing this for almost 40 years, when you look at the three or four really tough markets, we didn't cut our way, we innovated our way out of it, each and every one. And that's what we're doing as a company right now. We're continuing to innovate. So you got to do both though, David. You, you got to do both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's working both ends of the formula for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything more about, you know, how the last few years have gotten to where we're at that I, I cut you off there with your comment? No, it's, it's good. It's good. So everyone had built, 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 built a bunch of capacity. And now it's a point where, you know, uh, the, 
I think we were at a $4.4 trillion market a year ago, and you know we're on a run rate of 1.9. And so you're seeing that capacity trying to catch up with reality, and we're, we're definitely not there yet as an industry, but I think we're getting closer and closer as each, each quarter goes on. Yeah. Um, but look, I think when you look at the rise of, of the broker, um, which is a space I lead our, our wholesale channel, um, you, you look at it's just whenever there's an incredible amount of competition, um, that's when brokers soar. I mean, you look at yes. the 2001 to 2006, like let's look, look at history. There was amazing competition for the broker business. And so you had all these very strong competitors building, earning brokers business, and the brokers were in control. And yep. market share went up, up, up. And then 2008 hit, and uh, the brokers kind of got blamed for it. And so. lenders failed. I mean, they everyone was sprinting out of the wholesale industry. Brokers lost control. Nobody was competing for their business anymore. And you saw the broker market share go down dramatically. And then about 2014-ish, that's actually when I, you know, 2015, I came over to the wholesale side. You saw a lot of competition start to heat up. Brokers were in control. And you saw whole, uh, brokers gain market share. But I think there's an interesting thing going on. You're asking how we got here and what's going on in the market is... Um, you're seeing something interesting go on right now where, where the largest wholesale lender in America, we're the second largest, but the largest is looking to actually reduce competition in a pretty bold um, They're way. Using a lot of, using a very strong capital position. It appears to subsidize the pricing to eliminate the competition. That is a big concern. Yeah, I think it started uh, before right now. I mean, you look back, COVID hit and mm -hmm. lenders had to make decisions. And there was all sort of risk. You know, you had margin calls. You had you didn't know what was going to go on with forbearance. We on the wholesale side made a decision to stand strong for brokers. So we kept rates low. We kept our doors open. And whereas the largest lender, uh, wholesale lender in America, they decided to go into a corner and really just cap their rates and and, and not take on the risk for brokers because to avoid the margin calls and the and, and questions with forbearance. And so we took up UWM's brokers. We put them on our back um, and we helped them really get through that COVID period where there were record volume and Americans needed help. But to go back to your question of then once they kind of came out of the corner and said, all right, we're back, by the way, ooh, we're giving you an ultimatum. <laughs> you can't use Rocket yeah. anymore. If you're yeah. gaining care, and if you do, we're going to sue you. So it started there, but now to your point, you know, you got you got this game on pricing where, um, you know, they're trying to take lenders out saying, hey, you know, we're going to reduce rates for a couple quarters to try to gain share, to try to reduce our competition. And But what you're seeing is Loan Depot, they said, hey, we're out of wholesale now. We don't want to play around. Amerisafe got out. Finance of America got out. So was it just because of the pr pricing in, in your mind? Because I've been frustrated by this as well. I hate to see competition close their doors. Was it just because of this or was it extenuating market conditions as well, Austin? I've been thinking about this since you and I originally talked about this topic and ha I agreed to have you on the podcast. I, it, it's There are many factors driving a lot of them, they, some of these guys, their cost was just too high. They didn't run a good operation like you did, uh, like you, as, as you, you haven't caved and haven't had to go out of business because of the competition. And you've, so is it right for us to certainly anyone that goes out there and prices under the market? I get that. I understand that. But is, are there other factors that went into that? And I'm pointing really to you and the way you've run your wholesale operation. It's leadership. Austin, you have done a great job of staying 
as a class act and continuing to to fight or I mean, compete is the better way to say it. I mean, compete. Yeah, look, of course, there's other factors. I mean, when you look at everything that's going on with capacity and then cost structures and things of that nature. But I think that there was a, um, you know, they realized there was a moment where if they drove price down for a couple of quarters, and that that would be the determining factor for some of these companies to say, I'm just going to get out of wholesale, and I'm going to focus on retail. And you're seeing that and brokers are yep, losing yeah. options and they're losing. That's not good. So whenever you I mean, look in any industry, the key to a very healthy industry, mortgage, anything is good competition. Uh, the cons- yeah, competition and having as many options as humanly possible. Yeah, I, and that I, means I, the broker having as many options as humanly possible. And anyone who limits it. that competition, David, whether yeah. you're a CEO, a regulator, you're, you're harming the broker and the consumer. And we're seeing Ultimately a lot of the consumer. Yeah. And that's yeah. a good point. I'm a big fan of the, of capitalism. I am a capitalist. I like capitalism, the free enterprise system. It's a, can be self-cleansing when you have that, but this is one of those situations where capitalism may have turned and we see in the uglier side of it uh, when it limits competition because it's ultimately it should be about the consumer for all of us it's not just having the most market share it's providing the broadest amount of products and i'm sure others would say well other comp- competitors do but I, what about what have you seen is about the product offering that's um that's going on what does your product mix look like and how do you stay keep yourself relevant to the needs of the consumer that you're serving through the broker yeah it's a great question anytime that volume goes down in our industry, you know, people start to look at unique products, try to right. find a niche or something to replace the volume. Guys, and there's nobody that does that better than you guys. I look at, and if it's not, you come up with a unique name of a product that, that didn't exist or that existed before, but you make it look new. I admire the marketing and how you guys go about it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I think one of the, one of our isms, which is our core philosophies here at rocket is the packaging is just yeah. as important as the contents, meaning most people all have the same product. Whether you're a broker, like you're selling the same stuff, but some choose to focus on, hey, how could I rename this? Or how could I package it? Or how could I get someone's attention with it? And sometimes the way you package it is just mm-hmm. as important, sometimes even yeah. more important than the actual contents or the product itself. And so, yeah, yeah I think, you know, when when I look at what we are, our product offering to the broker, you know, mm-hmm. we are for the truly independent mortgage broker. That's who we are at Rocket. We're for the truly independent mortgage broker. This is, look, I'm in control. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I want to work with a good company that has a great portal. I believe our portal is the best product out there in the wholesale space from pricing to close. It's clean. It's crisp. It helps originators price alone, register alone, lock alone, close alone better than anyone. And then um, our product offering, look, we're not going to do every product known to man, but um, we're very, very balanced. I mean, you know, obviously all conforming FHA, VA, Ginny, Fannie, Freddie, but we have some great, you know, uh, um, we're working very, very closely. And I'd, I'd love to talk about affordability here in a little bit, because I think it's a yeah, really, really key yeah. topic. But, um, you know, we're we're diversifying some of the affordability products. And um, we, for, as far as interest rates are concerned, we don't play gimmicks. You know, a lot of wholesale lenders, they go down and they come up. And if you look at the last three, four years, we're very, very consistent, very, very competitive. And I think that's what brokers appreciate and like about us. It's something that they can rely on. So, a very diverse product mix, great technology portal, um, and yeah. very, very consistent price. And that's that's why, uh, um, you know, uh, we're, we're a great asset to brokers. Yeah, you're a great asset to the industry. I love the fact that the way you guys work. And we've always said about Quicken and uh, what you guys do and the, the corporate culture is 
you're, you're a marketing and technology company just happens to be in the mortgage business. I think it's how it's best framed up. And I think that shows up in how you compete, but let's get into the product diversity talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing to help home ownership and expand home ownership in America through your products. Talk about that, Austin. Yeah. So I think another key theme, and then it'll relate to, to your question is affordability right now. I mean, I was looking at some more MBA data That's and, you know, over the last three years, I think the average payment on a conventional mortgage across America is like $1,200. And now over the last quarter, that has risen from $1,200 to almost 2000 Think about that. That's 1200 crazy. but that was like four or five years worth of average, all the way up to almost two. I mean, so obviously rates are a big deal and then values haven't, haven't, haven't declined yet to get to the point to make it affordable. So you got this incredible opportunity of one of the biggest largest demographics hitting uh, the market to buy their first house, but homes have never been more expensive. And so you're seeing Fannie and Freddie really, really lean into that. And we're working very closely with Fannie and Freddie. So, you know, they rolled out Home Possible and Home Ready and Borrow Smart, which we have an awesome, unique credit on Borrow Smart to help people with down payment. And then you saw them roll out their new caps on all the adjustments um, on Home Possible and Home Ready. So those are really big wins especially for first-time home buyers. Um, but we're doing things above and beyond that here at Rocket. Um, like, you know, we have what, what we call credit upgrade, which we give to brokers, which, you know, they can help people uh, work with our team to, to increase credit scores, to either get to a point where they qualify or get a way better score to increase or decrease the rate. Um, we're doing verified approval letters with the broker community so that we can take this big wave of millennials and Gen Z's that ever bought a house and make sure they're qualified before they're going out and they're looking for the right type of home. Um, we just rolled out our manufactured home product to the broker community and uh, which is having a ton of success because I mean, yeah. manufactured homes, they're affordable and they're, I mean, they're hitting the market quick. So there's a lot of things we're doing. You're going to see a lot more innovation around affordable products with the agencies. And we're working very, very closely with them as well. I think that'll be a key theme, David, over the next you know year or two, for sure. Well, when you talk about this, it's really about being a good partner. And you often refer to as a good partner or a true partner. Explain what you mean by that. And how does how do you define a good or true partnership? Yeah, so we call our brokers our partners, right? Sometimes we even refer to them as family. But I think a partnership in life is something that's mutu mutually beneficial to each other. Right. Um, when whether it's a marriage, a friendship, business partnership, or our, our partnership with brokers, it's got to be mutually beneficial to both sides. And I think we are structured in a very, very unique way, much different than most wholesale lender. Um, and the fact that we have the largest retail mortgage company in America um, that is very diverse. I mean, we have title, we have auto, you know, solar, retail. We do a lot of, you know, here in the city of Detroit. We're incredibly diversified and well capitalized, and we build a ton of technology. And then we can take our strengths and use that to give many of those strengths to the broker community so that they can go do what they do best, which is build relationships in their community, um, you know, sell, market, and they don't have to worry about, our, you know, are rates going to be erratic with this company or do I have to go out build? So, you know, we're stronger together. It was one of one kind of one yeah. of our brand campaigns that we're, we truly believe we're stronger together. So that's, I mean, that's one element of when I say a true partner where we're truly leaning on each other's strengths 
to make each other better. But again, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier is I also think a true partner um, earns the partnership through value, through honesty, and through integrity. And I don't, I don't think a true partnership is work with me or I'll sue you or work with me, but you can't work with these others. We want to compete. Brokers win That's when lenders issue. like us and others are competing for their business. And when the broker is in charge, when the broker is the boss, when the broker makes us compete with others, that's when the broker's at its strongest point, and you're seeing folks out there try to destroy that philosophy and take away a broker's true superpower. And so a true partner competes for the business and earns it. They don't force it through you know, uh, pricing wars and contracts and lawsuits and things like that. So that's what I yeah. mean by a true partner. How do you manage, or I'm going to the fact, I'm thinking about what you just said about you are the largest retail lender in the nation. And one of the most successful, I, again, we all just amazed at, I remember sitting with Bill Emerson at one of the uh, executive uh, conferences where the NBA gets all the executives together. And I can't remember the leadership group anyway. And I watched Emerson and how he sat there with such confidence, humility, confidence, and how he, uh, he talked and listened to the others. But in his mind, you could almost see, he almost felt sorry for them because of their thinking. He thinks differently. This group thinks differently and how you compete is different. And I like the idea of competing rather than getting into a, a, a dysfunctional approach to the whole thing. I, I, but how does having the largest retail platform and having a TPO operation work side by side? Is there How do you address potential conflicts? How do you address the issues that could arise? We're nervous about dealing with the number one retailer out there. How do you address that, Austin? I think it's our number one advantage to the broker community is the fact we're the largest retail lender in America. Our competition will try to say the opposite and inject fear and scare people. But this is such a big market, even when the market shrinks to where it's at today. Look, we're the largest retail mortgage company in America. And I think we have, don't quote me on this because it depends, I don't know, six, 7% of the market, meaning 93 out of 100 loans are out there going somewhere else. And so um, it's interesting, like broker brokers are 20% of the mind. Brokers are competing with brokers at three, four times the rate than they're competing with our retail side. So it's interesting to say, that's your biggest competition. Look, I like to think, and we like to think that in, in an infinite mindset, this isn't a war where there's winners and losers, and we're all fighting over this tiny little pie, and everyone's out to get each other. We truly believe here at Rocket, it's just part of our culture, um, that the numbers and money follow, they don't lead. In this world is a huge place with so much opportunity. So to get back to your question, retail isn't a threat to our partners, because all the things we're able to build because we're the largest retail mortgage company in America, whether it's, you know, we get the best mortgage insurance because we're the large, we're, we're the largest retailer, we give it to brokers to go sell, they win business. Um, you look at COVID, um, we were able to stand strong for the broker community while others went into a corner. Why? Very well capitalized. We had great liquidity. What happened? Brokers were able to set records with us because we have the largest retail mortgage company in America. Brokers use our brand. When I mean, as consumers, sometimes they don't know about a broker's brand and they're nervous and they could say, hey, look, have you heard of Rocket? Consumer says, of course. Hey, I'm a partner with them. Look, I have the ability to leverage Great them. Great point. And so uh, that's why, again, we, we say we're stronger together with the broker community. It's not people that look at it as a threat, in my opinion, it's a finite mindset. 
people yeah. looking at how do we leverage each other's strengths? That's an infinite mindset. And that's why I believe right. we're, and we're the best option for brokers out there. I, I understand that. I like that. When you look at where we've been as an industry, we really have not innovated. The most innovation, we some of the most the greatest amount of innovation that showed up has showed up with Rocket, the Quicken and Rocket uh, story. It's it's an amazing success story. And I look to the future and I would love to get your perspective on what you see both short-term and long-term We're a short-term being this, this challenge that we're going through right now, contraction in the volume uh, costs going through the roof, or it feels like it's really costs are just stayed stagnant. We haven't, most companies haven't reacted enough. It's probably the real problem, but the short-term problem of where we're at and the market's at, but also the long-term picture. Are you bullish about it and why? From an innovation standpoint? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if you go back in time 20 years ago and you were a loan originator, and you looked around a, a, a mortgage company's office, you'd say, what the hell has really changed? We're still locking rates for 30 <laughs> to 45 days. We're still taking 1003s. They'd probably say, what is, this, what is this little computer everyone's holding in their hand it's called a cell phone? Yeah. But outside of that, it does look very, very similar. However, I think there's some cool things going on in the industry that you'll see help consumers. Um, I mean, you're starting to see, you know, we now have a fully digital tip-to-tail mortgage experience where a consumer can go on and we're rolling, it's almost there, our product giving to brokers, by the way, but consumer can go and, and, and go from app all the way to close and do it fully digitally. You know, that's now, is that going to completely change the world? Um, no, but we're catching up with other uh, industries as well as an industry. I think that's a big deal. Um, look, I believe someone's going to figure out we're doing some really cool stuff with, with AI and the way that we underwrite loans, where we can get to a point where we're consistently closing loans in six, seven days. I mean, we're already seeing it happen um, where we're, we're getting... We're getting clear to close. It's, and, it's a big and exception. Hey. It's a major exception than, than the rule. But I think it's very possible for us to get to that. And, and yeah, I mean, a lot of it, David, is the vendors. I mean, look, we can we can move as fast as we want inside, but a mortgage, you're working with other parties, whether it's VOEs and and, and uh, you know the third party vendors. But we're building tech that that the APIs into some of this stuff that'll help. That's those things become more automated. So I don't know if that answers your question, it but. Does. It does. Um, it, 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 and what I'm looking at, I'm, I look at demographics and that's one of the things yeah. I've always been inclined to study because I, I remember Harry S. Dent wrote some books that were very predictive of, he was accurate in some things that he claimed he missed on some other things because of the timing of the demographic behavior, such as uh, uh, the Gen Zers and millennials and when they're acting. I mean, we all thought they were going to start buying homes and you look at the recent MBA data we just listened to in Nashville at the annual conference and 40% of Gen Zers and millennials own homes. And you compare that to the other demographic groups as a percentage of ownership, we have a huge, huge opportunity. I am extremely bullish about this industry. I actually believe that the broker has a chance to survive this time. The reason they got wiped out, the ice age that hit them, the big freeze that hit them was them getting blamed, maligned, because they were on the front line of offering the products that some uh, created that weren't ill concede for you know a, a really sustainable housing journey and it caused for the, the creation of the cfpb which is interesting now we're seeing it go up before the supreme court it's whether or not the legality of the the funding for cfpb is going to hold up there's a lot of changes coming out all the way around but the demog demographics would suggest we have a great great future and I am bullish for the mortgage broker being the biggest party per the participant in this retail party. 
I'd love to get, you know, do you agree with that? I'm assuming so. You're hoping for that. You run the TPO division there at Rocket. So, yes, I'd assume so. But any more color you would add to it? And is there anything, other reasons to be more bullish or to be bullish at all? Yeah, I think, again, I think the biggest threat to the broker community is if lenders continue to get out of the space like we've seen over the last couple of months because of an entity wanting to drive everyone out. Because if one entity drives lenders out of the space, then the reason they want to do that, of course, is then you have margin control. You can take the, and you're, you don't have to compete. And when people don't compete, you know, the, the, the parties that receive it, it get weaker in this case, the broker. So, um, and I, the broker is ultimately in control. This is a, this is capitalism. So the broker ultimately still can determine the rules of the game. And we're seeing hundreds of brokers a month that sign that ultimatum start to come back over to us because they don't like what's happening. So as long, David, as there is strong lenders in the space, many though, you have to have, it can't just be two. As long as brokers have 10, eight, six strong lenders holding each other accountable to innovation, to a great price, to great turn times, brokers will continue to grow. However, if it consolidates to one and brokers essentially turn into a net branch, that is not good for the broker. And that's a, a giant, giant threat to the yeah, broker I, community and the broker model. So don't you, would you agree that this is actually a pendulum swinging that we've gone to an extreme that we actually, as, as the market and interest rates come back in aligned with, that's going to make people want to get back out and buy that. This is going to create an environment for the um, uh, more competition to come in. Is this a pendulum thing or is this actually something that you think is a, a, a real threat long-term? Yeah, I think it's a threat if brokers don't, you know, uh, hold lenders accountable. But I think you're, I'm very, very confident, you know, brokers are incredibly smart individuals that understand business better than most. And I think they're, you know, they're starting to vote with their feet and you're seeing them hold lenders accountable. So yeah, I don't, uh, as long as brokers take back control and you're seeing it happen, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing for brokers to continue to see market share grow for sure. Well, I have been grateful for you to want to come on the podcast here. You reached out to me, Austin. I'm really pleased that you did. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to share this with our listening audience. Again, our guest has been Austin Nemec. He is executive vice president of Rocket Pro TPO, and he oversees the entire TPO operation, third-party originations for those, the broker world. And Austin, you're doing a great job. Good wish you continued success. Love to have you back and give us more updates as you see the perspective. We have a huge listing audience, a huge segment of our listing audience is the brokers. So I'd love to have you back. Continue talking. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, man. I'm honored. It was a great time, David. I'd love to be back. Appreciate you, man. Well, definitely will. Tell your team we uh, to make we'll make sure that happens. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.